Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of This Week in the AFL. Alongside my co-host, as always, Eric Watkins, I am Steven Er. How are you doing tonight, Eric? Oh, I not as good as I could be. This Ooh. I feel a little disappointed after last week's games. <laughs> yes, it was a just a very bad week for the AFL, and we'll get right into it here. So the we said the week before, whenever the last time we were on together, that the Soul were going to win easily against Baltimore. That they were there was no way they were going to do what they did in the last meeting. Back on, mm-hmm. I remember it was July fifteenth, I believe, might have been. They weren't gonna, they weren't gonna struggle again like they did against Baltimore the last time they met. And I, we knew this was going, we knew that going in, but wow, the soul just picked the brigade apart in this one, dominating them on all sides of the ball. Now we both said. It would take a fast start, and we both kind of gamed out the scenarios for a 14-0, 21-0 lead. <laughs> Lo and behold, 14 became 21, and then it was 28, and then you're looking for reasons to change the channel. By then, it's just done. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. They had a 21-0 lead in the first quarter, like Eric predicted, and it was just like, whoa. Are the brigade going to come back? Well, they finally got on the board, and after they got on the board, they lost their quarterback, which is the new, the big news tonight here on This Week in AFL. We will have Chase Rissman inside the arena, Baltimore Brigade beat writer on to talk about talk with us about the breaking news that Shane Carter has been placed on injured reserve. His season is over, and the brigade are now in trouble. But we will get to that later in the show. For now... We talk about what happened on that play. So we get uh, Shane Carden throws a touchdown to, I believe, it, it, what's his name? Brandon Collins. I had to look this up myself. I didn't know his name. Brandon Collins, and as he throws the pass, he gets leveled, and he stays on the field. And it turns out after MRI, he has a concussion. And unfortunately for Baltimore, all they could do was put him on IR, abruptly ending his season. So... It's not looking good for Baltimore going forward. No, uh, they have Shane Boyd, who has proven that he's Shane Boyd. And they went out and they signed J.J. Ratterink, which it's going to lead to a very interesting dynamic for the last Beltway Smackdown of the season. Former teammates in Vegas facing each other. That's gonna be an interesting twist if indeed Ratterink sees time on the field. 
Yeah, that is a big question going into this game. Will the brigade start Shane Boyd, who's been with the team for a couple weeks? Or will they start the near new quarterback, J.J. Rattering, who has not played since last October with the Guangzhou power of the China Arena Football League? But we'll get to that later on when we have Chase on. For now, I want to talk about the Baltimore's dis- – I can't even, I don't want to say disgusting. It was a disgraceful performance, not a disgusting performance. In the first quarter alone, they turned the ball over twice on downs. Uh, I believe it was about four or five times in total in the game. Then it's not counting the interceptions that they threw. Two for Dwayne Hollis. It was just Baltimore. They were they could have wrapped up the three seed with the win against Philadelphia. What did they do? They absolutely crumbled. They just fell apart to the seams. So it doesn't. To me, this is not a team that is ready for the playoffs. Well. Ready or not, let's face it, they're in. They're going to be in. And I'm willing to say this was a hangover from what happened the last couple of weeks. Huge upset over Philadelphia. Then you lose on a Hail Mary to Washington. These are very big emotional highs and lows. Now you are facing the best team in the league again, trying to avoid playing them in the semifinals. Very few teams can even gather the energy to stay close, and I think Baltimore really showed that. Physically, they're capable, but you hit the nail on the head. Mentally, they are not ready. Uh, especially, get, especially after that performance, and like you said, they lost to the to the Valor. And what was what was interesting about that game against Washington last week on my birthday, by the way? Uh, they did. There was a ten minute scoring drought for both teams. The fact that Baltimore, with the rookie of the year quarterback and Shane Carden, could not score in ten minutes. I said that is that says something about this Baltimore team that they had. That is the first sign of struggle right there. Especially when you don't score for 10 minutes. It's bad enough when you don't score for 10 minutes in the Arena Football League. What do you do it against the worst team in the Valor? That's definitely not good for your team. Not a good look. No, and I mean, let's face it. The Valor's defense, while they've had a lot of very credible moments, they're not making any sort of comparisons to the San Jose's or... Arizona's or any of the other great all-time defenses in this league. So, when you have that much talent, unless we forget, Reggie Gray's been back. Reggie Gray is there. If a Hall of Famer or future Hall of Famer isn't getting the ball against this team, that's a problem. And another thing to look at is a problem against Washington, problem against Philadelphia, Let's face it, no matter if they face Philadelphia again or Tampa Bay, it's going to be an even bigger problem because it's win or go home. Yeah, and we'll talk about this later. I do feel like the Valor, now that Shane Carton is out against that, for that game on tomorrow night, actually, it's actually tomorrow night in Baltimore, probably the day up when this podcast goes up for everybody to listen to. The, the Valor have a much better chance now that Shane Carnes out, but I want to get to that later. In the second and the third, the final final segment of the show, we'll get to that. So, 
Are there any final thoughts from you, Eric, on the Baltimore's blowout loss to the soul? They're going to have to pick themselves up. You don't want to go to Philly on what would be a three-game losing streak, a potentially humiliating three-game losing streak. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that, especially after the last time you played Philadelphia, when they picked you apart on all sides of the ball. I don't. What was the final score, Eric? Do you remember? Seventy to twenty-one. Seventy points. If I'm not mistaken, season high in the mm-hmm. Arena Football League. Mm-hmm. Wow. Forty-nine point lo- Forty-nine point win. Biggest win differential in the league this year as well. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, that's just the soul being soul, showing that they're defending champions and they're ready to repeat. So that's that. The soul beat the brigade seventy to twenty one, forty nine point win. Disgusting, disgraceful performance by the brigade, who were that close to a three seed and are looking like they'll go to the four seed now. But we'll see what happens Friday night in Baltimore. Now we switch over to the other game. Which we were saying, I was saying, it was a do-or-die game for the Valor against Cleveland. And like Baltimore, Eric, the the, the Valor just fell apart. They they looked okay in the beginning. And you get towards the end of the game, it's like, okay, now it's now it's over. It's over. There's no more coming back from this. It's, it's a done deal. Now, to be fair, the Valor did ever so slightly better than their Beltway rivals. They lost oh, yeah. by one fewer point, and for a while, that game was reasonably competitive. Then the wheels fell off. Whereas for the brigade, the wheels never came on to begin with. <laughs> one fewer point. Makes all the difference for the Valor. But they lost by one fewer point than the brigade did. But uh, once again, Shane Brackett struggled. And there was actually a point where the... the um. The announcers for CBS Sports Network are saying that they're going to bench him for Warren Smith Jr., the Lehigh Valley Seahawks quarterback and National Radio League MVP. Why they didn't, I don't know, but they should have. So so what, what I'm getting at is that Brackett struggles. He turned the ball over twice himself. I believe he, I mean, he threw a bad pass and was intercepted. And then he's trying mean, to one play. He's trying to run out of bounds, and the Cleveland Gladiators hit him. And he fumbles the football away. Another bad performance overall, Eric, by Mr. Sean Brackett. And lest we forget, we mentioned that Outlaws team. They only won five games. Brackett had a very significant hand in the team only winning those five games. So I really didn't hold my hopes up. And honestly... It was somewhat of a wise decision not to throw Warren Smith Jr. into that game. But don't be surprised if you wind up seeing him in this matchup. That way, they could potentially evaluate their quarterback situation going into 2018. Bracket, you start because he's been your guy since Meyer went down and subsequently retired. But... His leash is a lot shorter than it would have been a week or if he was with the team two weeks ago. Very good point. And before we get to the point of you talk about hey, it's 2018, there's something I want to talk about. But first, I want to talk about what Cleveland did in this game. 
and what they've been doing all season. They got off to a very bad start. They started what one and three, one and four. Mm-hmm. They picked it. They started picking it up big time. And against the Valor, the defense played well. Offense played well. This is a team, Eric, that I see going into the playoffs because they've they already clinched the playoff spot. No matter if they play the Soul or if they play the Storm, this team could easily pull off an upset on the road and reach the Arena Bowl. They honestly could because the one element that I noticed that was lacking from the get-go was chemistry. They did themselves a major disservice by not having Arvell Nelson, not starting him at quarterback from week one. But now that he's gone through those early and mid-season struggles, you're seeing the Arvell Nelson that you saw last year. Yes, it's with slightly different receiver, primary guy being Quentin Sims. Yes, they've had a lot of issues in receiver mixing and matching those lineups. But that dynamic play that led them so far last year is coming back at the absolute perfect time. Would it shock me to see them upset even Philadelphia? At this point, no, it wouldn't. I have to give them a puncher's chance. Yes, I give them a big chance, even though my bias is telling me, hope the soul win so I can go to New Jersey that week, the whole week, the end of August, see my friends, enjoy the game, and all that good stuff. But, talk second to Cleveland. You Funny you mentioned Quentin Sims. That brings up something that I saw. He's on injured reserve. So I think Cleveland's doing all of this. They're being so successful. On offense, without Quentin Sims, Colin Taylor is nowhere near getting the same target he was last year. Just imagine, had Quentin Sims stayed healthy, had Colin Taylor been getting the same passes, catches, whatever you want to call it, that he did last year, Cleveland could have been a much more dangerous team had they had everybody together. But they're still dangerous, so I'm not taking anything away. But if they had everybody together, I'm just saying they would have been more dangerous. Oh, absolutely. If they have the full complement, they would be either threatening Tampa Bay for the two seed, or they would have taken it by now. Simply because we see what happens when you keep a core together season to season. But at the same time, look at what they've been able to do. And if I remember the graphic right on CBS Sports Network, they've had 50 different receiving combinations this season. Wow. 50! 50, wow. Going through that over the course of a 40-game season and having any sort of production or expectation is borderline impossible. But here we are. I attribute a lot of that to Nelson. I attribute a lot of that to offense coordinator. So there's so a little bit of magic going on in Cleveland right now. There's a lot of magic going on. And when the when the Val and I have to give credit to Ron Seleski here because when they were one and four, one and three, I was doubting Ron Seleski. Now I'm thinking he's a great coach. They should keep him going and you want to talk about going forward next year. That's a coach that needs to stay. Now I'm gonna go into the next topic that I had for this. I mean, you were talking about going to 2018, the quarterback situation with the Valor. I don't know what I think about that. I don't know who they could start. I'll have to look into that during the offseason. For now, there's one thing I know for sure. 
Dean Kokinos is on his way out. Oh, uh, I mean, can anybody really be surprised? <laughs> look, look at look at what the other teams have done, and even compare this to the Ted Leonsis pairing. Baltimore, much shorter time to get together. Announced much later. Had really a lot less talent to work with. Omar Smith, fantastic coach. He was able to get that team together. Get a very respectable first season. Extremely respectable. Washington, with the extra time. With the caliber of talent. Yes, there are some things like the Eric Meyer injury you can't help. But the bar was set much higher for you coming into this league than it was for the brigade. Now, were you expected to beat a Tampa Bay or beat a Philadelphia? On occasion. But you were expected to at least contend. They've done the opposite. So, uh, a very short tenure, but a, a deserved end to one for Coquinos. <laughs> So true. And we were talking about how the Gladiators were a dangerous team. No Quentin Sims. Colin Taylor not as not as uh, big as a contributor as he was last year when they lost to the Rattlers in the National Conference title game. Oh, I just lost train of thought here. Oh, and we were talking, you had mentioned that they could have beat Tampa for the two seed. They definitely could have. Mm-hmm. They, I, go back, I go back to week three. Had they not blown a 27-7 lead in Week 3 in Tampa, mm-hmm. and, they had con- and they had continued to get better and better and had everybody together, Cleveland definitely would have been my two-seed in the Arena Football League playoffs. But unfortunately, that's just not how it worked out. No, and it's kind of sad, but potential, in the words of Dr. Phil, potential just means you haven't done it yet. So... <laughs> All of the great potential they've had, it can still mean something with a playoff upset. I will say, it would be much more likely against Tampa Bay than it would against Philadelphia. But we got a whole week to go to decide things once and for all, who plays whom. It's going to be a fun... I'm hoping this weekend is fun, more, more exciting than the last, because this... Tomorrow night's game, Friday night's game, could decide who will play the Storm and who will play the Soul in next weekend's two games. Well, the Storm play Monday, the Soul play Saturday, but you get what I'm trying to say. So, any final thoughts on Valor Gladiators? Oh, Cleveland did what they had to do. They're in position, but right now... It's out of their hands. They get to sit back and use this week to prepare. I'm trying, I believe, and I really should know this. I I run all the recaps and all that. Final score was 68-28. Or 69-28. So it would have been... 69-28. Yes. So it would have been more than one fewer point, but still. (laughs) Well, I was close on that. All right. Coming up next, we bring Chase Risman on to talk Shane Card breaking news, where the brigade go from here, and if they could possibly pull off an upset in the playoffs. That is on the other side.
You are listening to This Week in the AFL. The following podcast is a W. Hello to all you Arena League football fans out there. I want to personally welcome you to join us, AFL Fan Zone, every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for a weekly recap of all things AFL. You got stuff to do on the weekends, which means you probably don't have time to sit down and watch every single game every week. That's where AFL Fan Zone comes in. Not only do we break down the week, but we provide you with everything you need to stay up to date with the AFL, including players of the week, power rankings, and the weekly standings. Best part is, the recap is fully interactive between the viewers and the host. Just search AFL Fan Zone on YouTube and you can find all of our archived videos, including game previews, recaps, and weekly updates. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website at www.aflfanzone.com. AFL Fan Zone, your internet home for the best AFL fans. Hi, I'm Donovan James, and welcome to the Don James High School Football Report, everybody, where we discuss and debate the hottest prep and college football recruiting topics in the country every week, only here on NGSC Sports, 9.30 Eastern. For more, follow me on Twitter at Don James Sports. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena, and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Hey, go. Eleven. Welcome back, everybody, to this week in the AFL alongside Eric Watkins. I'm Stephen Earn, and joining us now here on the show for the second time this season is Baltimore Brigade beat writer Chase Rissman. What's going on tonight, Chase? Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great. (laughs) Doing all right, just going through, running the board for the first time. Not too bad so far. So far, so good. So let's get right into it, Chase. Breaking news came last night around 9 Eastern time as I was getting ready to go to bed because I had to be up at 3 a.m. <laughs> Shane Carden out for the year with a concussion. Now the brigade have two quarterbacks. They signed J.J. Rattering, formerly of the Los Angeles Kiss, Las Vegas Outlaws, and I remember there was one other team you told me Iowa about. Bart Thomas. Bart Thomas, yes. Three, three. Anyway, so J.J. Rattering, Shane Boyd, I want to start asking this. Which quarterback do you think, as far as you know both of them, which quarterback do you think will have given the better chance to beat the Valor tomorrow night? You know, for a minute, I thought you were going to ask me um, if which one would give them a better chance at beating, like, Philly or Tampa. Uh, we'll we'll but, get to that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, honestly... Honestly, it really doesn't. Yeah, honestly, if you want the my honest opinion, it really doesn't matter because like they could have 
I don't know. They could get Tom Brady a quarterback, and it wouldn't matter. I mean, like, <laughs> they can – honestly. I'm sure he loves that shout-out on his 40th birthday. Oh, I'm sure. oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter who – like, they could, they could play either one of them. It won't matter. They could still, still beat Washington by – they'll still find a way to beat Washington. But, I mean, honestly, I would probably go with Raderick simply because he's – an experienced guy. He's he's been in these kind of situations before. And if I'm correct, uh, if my memory serves me right, I think if 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 they keep him, this is going to be his first playoff appearance. If I'm correct, if they end up keeping him through uh, through this week and next, it it so would I, be because wasn't it? He didn't play in the playoffs with L.A. No. Right, well, didn't they, make it with Iowa. No. <laughs> oh, boy. That would be interesting. And that kind of leads me into my first question. Granted, the quarterback situation in the league has been murky at times. And we've seen some very interesting signings over the last couple of weeks. Why would Baltimore bring in J.J. Rattering? Because he's been on the street for a little while. Right. Well, I mean, you know, for an expansion franchise that's at times this year, especially at the start of the year where they had like they had to go back and forth with oh, who was it? Shane Boyd, I think it was first and then uh it was Chase Cartwright, then Chase Cartwright, Chase, that's right. Then, then Shane Carden. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then they finally got Carden, he goes down and that's the last thing you want. You want him to go down right before the playoffs start. So mm-hmm. I think they just wanted to get an experienced guy who's, well, he hasn't been to the playoffs before. You know, he's a he's a guy that's been in the arena league for a while, knows how to play, knows how to play the position in the AFL. And so I think it's a pretty good signing. Now, of course, whether or not it can pay off in the postseason, we've got to wait and see about that. But I think it's a pretty good signing. And honestly, I can't, I don't really blame him for it. I mean, you the rookie of the year uh, presumably just went down for the year. That's right. He did. Unfortunate for Baltimore, but now, now, we'll, now we'll go ahead and ask the question you were hoping I would ask it first. We'll ask it right. now. Hey, you, like you said, you don't, it don't matter who they start. Do you think, though, that Baltimore has a chance? Let's start with Tampa. Do you think, and we'll, we'll be asking for an article for this when we get to the playoffs in two weeks, Let's let's ask this. And I'll, I'll switch up the question a little bit. Should they play Tampa, which I was assuming they would, if they had not lost Shane Carton? How do you think Baltimore could have possibly pulled off an upset over the Tampa Bay Storm in the playoffs? Well, I think they'd have a much better shot at beating uh, Tampa than they would Philly, especially now with uh, Carton done. Hmm. But. I'm sorry, what was the question again? How do you think the, they could be? Oh, ah, okay, upset? okay, okay, all right. Yeah, and I, I, I think I knew it was something along those lines. I just, like, forgot for, like, a half second. I'm sorry about that. Anyways, you know, they've definitely got a shot, more of a shot than they would against Philly, but, I mean, they're going to, they literally have to play the same way they did when they beat Philly, and that is you can't turn the ball over. You've got 
to be able to score just about every single time. And also, you know, they're going to need really good quarterback play because, you know, without Carden, now you got to turn to a guy, Raderink, or whoever they start. If they do go with Raderink, it's his first playoff game. And so obviously right. there's a lot of pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Now Shane Boyd, as inconsistent as he is, you know, he does have some experience with the Rattlers. You know, he played, you know, back up at the end of the the conference title game last year, which was an absolute blowout, but hey, at least it's experience for him. And so the only way they're gonna beat Tampa or Philly, regardless of who they play, they've really gotta play a perfect game on both sides of the ball. Now with this and you mentioned Shane Boyd. If Ratterink comes in, starts, struggles, how quickly do you think we would see Shane Boyd either against Washington or in the playoffs? Well, I mean, that's a great question because, as I said, Shane Boyd is someone that when he steps out there, at least from my experience, when he steps out there, you never know what you're going to get. You could get a really good performance, or you could get a really, you could get a really terrible performance. I mean, that's what he, that's what I've experienced when he was with the Talons. That one season seemed like one game, first couple games with us, he was very good, and then after that, it was a complete train wreck. And so, honestly. If J.J. does get the start and he does struggle down the stretch here against Washington or should they get when they get to the playoffs, now we could easily just say, you know, Raderink could very well end up going the whole game because with Boyd, I mean, he is there, but he is so inconsistent at times that I think it would be best if they just kept J.J. in, even if he is having a pretty bad game. So I mean, you don't want Shane to make it even worse. <laughs> no offense, but... <laughs> Again, it's just speaking from experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. Baltimore Brigade beat writer for Inside the Arena, Chase Risson, joining us here on This Week in the AFL. So I asked you about how they could possibly up to Tampa. I don't know if I should ask this question. I should ask a different question. Could Is there... a I'm just going to ask this question because I don't want to ask the other one. Is there a chance that Baltimore Brigade could possibly, in any possible way, upset the Philadelphia soul in the playoff game on August 12th, should they meet up against each other? <sighs> oh, August 12th. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was thinking to myself, wait, August 12th, like... Isn't that the conference title? Oh, wait, that's the first round of the playoffs. Okay, I got I got confused there. Uh, yeah, so could they do it? I mean, technically, they have a shot. I mean, it's not it's not uh, automatically guaranteed that Philly is going to win, but realistically, no. I honestly, without, no, no Shane, no, you know how when, uh, here's a perfect example, you know how when, uh, Kawhi Leonard got knocked out and, oh uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like that was after, after game one, it was like, yeah, there, there's, there's like no chance they're going to beat the Warriors, 
That that's that's literally what's happening here. No Shane Carden, no chance. Now if they play Tampa, maybe, but Philly on the other hand, no. Good enough. And I, I was going to say, I guess my question was, at this point, could they even keep it close against Philadelphia? But <laughs> you kind of answered that, so I would ask this. Well, I don't doubt that. I think they could keep it close for a while, but at the but like down the stretch, you know, I think with Radabob, uh, McDaniel, and I hope I pronounce it right, uh, Sean Kalinamuku. No, I think their experience at the end will just be too much for them. So I don't, I don't doubt that Baltimore can keep it close. They can definitely do that. But at the end of the day, you know, the soul will eventually pull away. So, I guess would you say that this makes it a much easier, a renewable path for the soul? Well, it'd be a lot easier than last year's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, granted, they still got there, but. I mean, that's what happens when you have three less teams. But, yeah, I would pretty much say that should Philly uh, – oh, wait, there's, there's one game for the Arena Bowl. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty much an easy path for them. All they got to do is just take care of Baltimore, and you're basically there. Pretty much it for for that Chase Rissman, uh, Baltimore Gabe Ryder, be, Baltimore Brigade, beat Ryder for inside the joining us here on This Week in the AFL. This might be the last show we see you here from this week, this year, this season, whatever you want to call it. So we'll ask you now, and uh, that'll be the end of it for me. Who do you have playing in Arena Bowl 30, and who do you have winning Arena Bowl 30? All right. Before I get to that, let me just say I'm glad you asked that. At the start of the year, I want like everyone to know this. I am not ashamed to say this. At the start of the year, I picked... The Washington Valor to win Arena Bowl 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's look terrible. At how, the Valor look, at like how, that. look at how stupid they made me look. <laughs> See, I don't feel so bad on my island anymore. <laughs> I am so thankful. <laughs> like every game they were losing, I was like, "Really, guys? Like you're you're making me look really terrible." So. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to get that out to let everyone know, hey, I admit it, I picked Washington to win it, and we all know how that ended up. So, uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, <laughs> Arena Bowl 30 will be between the Tampa Bay Storm and the Philadelphia Soul, and the Philadelphia Soul will win it 59 to... 51 with Radabaugh winning MVP. Okay, that's, um, yeah. sounds pretty the reasonable. Way, is the game televised? Have they announced uh, it yet? We don't, I don't know. I don't know, Eric. Maybe, do you know if it's televised or not? No, I haven't heard any announcements of even televised or if they're going to stream it. League's been playing that one a little too close to the vest for my comfort. Yeah, and I said this a few few weeks ago that this is if they do not televise this game, it's bad look for the league. It's you cannot you can't not televise the Arena Bowl. No matter though, I will be there at Arena Bowl thirty in the press box, no matter where it is, giving live updates all over social media. So follow me on Twitter at Ranks Two. 
and they will be there. And a recap after the game as well. Chase Rissman, Baltimore Brigade B writer. Thank you much for joining us here on This Week in the AFL. Best of luck tomorrow for your brigade against the Valor. And, yeah, thanks for joining us. All right, thank you, guys. Oh. All right. Well, Eric and I will be back to preview next week's. And it's very sad to say, Eric, I don't know about you, but I'm very sad to say that this is the final week of the Arena Football League regular season. It's gone by too fast. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Time flies. <laughs> week 18 is upon us. And oof. This we at least get to savor a little something something before we go into the playoffs and then the mystery that will be the off season. Oh, for sure. And we will talk about week eighteen on the other side. You are listening to this week in the AFL. Hello to all you Arena League football fans out there. I want to personally welcome you to join us, AFL Fan Zone, every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time for a weekly recap of all things AFL. You got stuff to do on the weekends, which means you probably don't have time to sit down and watch every single game every week. That's where AFL Fan Zone comes in. Not only do we break down the week, but we provide you with everything you need to stay up to date with the AFL, including players of the week, power rankings, and the weekly standings. Best part is, the recap is fully interactive between the viewers and the host. Just search AFL Fan Zone on YouTube and you can find all of our archive videos, including game previews, recaps, and weekly updates. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website at www.aflfanzone.com. AFL Fan Zone, your internet home for the best AFL fans. Hi, I'm Donovan James, and welcome to the Don James High School Football Report, everybody, where we discuss and debate the hottest prep and college football recruiting topics in the country every week, only here on NGSC Sports, 9.30 Eastern. For more, follow me on Twitter at Don James Sports. It's game time, boys, and we know football. Football the Max is the podcast for you if you want in-depth analysis over the NFL and college football. We preview all the action coming your way over the weekend. And we break down all the big action after it's happened. Plus, we tackle all the big news topics and discuss everything when it comes to the gridiron. So come check out Football to the Max every Tuesday morning and Friday morning on the W2M Network. Are you an arena football fan looking for the latest news involving your team? Inside the Arena has you covered. Check us out for the latest news around both the Arena Football League and the Chinese Arena Football League. Read all of our stellar articles at InsideTheArena.org. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore Arena, and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash InsideTheArena. Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in the AFL. Alongside Eric Watkins, I'm Stephen Err. I want to thank Chase Richmond once again for coming on and providing the insight that he did for the Baltimore Brigade. And they will host the Valor tomorrow at the Royal Farms Arena, in downtown Baltimore, the kickoff is set for 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The game can be streamed on MonumentalSportsNetwork.com. And I said this earlier, Eric, with Shane Carden being out for this game, as well as the rest of the 2017 season, which is now two games left for them, I give Washington a much better chance of winning this game than I would have if Carden had stayed healthy and not gotten 
a concussion and all that. But now that he's out, Washington has a good chance at winning this game Friday night. Well, let's first set the stakes. Baltimore, they have their destiny in their own hands. They win. They're the three seed. They go to Tampa Bay. They lose. Then they're the four seed. They go to Philly, which shorter week because Tampa Bay plays a couple days later in the playoffs. And you're going up against a team that could potentially go in with what now? One loss? That is a frightening prospect. Now, I'm going to give Ratterink a little bit of credit. I can't say the same to Shane Boyd because we've seen him this season. We've seen what he did in Cleveland, and I was surprised yes. that Baltimore picked him up to begin with. But Ratterink, to me, I hope gets a lot of time, if not just flat-out starts, because he still has a little bit of that mobility that we saw in Shane Carden. So there's not going to be a significant drop-off in the brigade offense as there is with Shane Boyd. Much bigger, stereotypical drop-back passer. So, it's going to be interesting who starts. And I'll say that another thing for the Valor. Bracket, drop-back quarterback, inconsistent, and you have the intrigue of outlaw quarterbacks facing each other. Or, you can have another version of a duel, like we saw with Cardin and Nelson, if we see Rattering versus Warren Smith Jr. Has he been able to absorb enough in the week, so that way he can go out, finish the season strong, and potentially audition for the starting job in 2018? So this... This is going to be the intrigue game. A very good Beltway Smackdown to finish the season. So that, I guess you just answered my question. Who he, and We asked Chase this when he was on. Who he would rather have start for the brigade tomorrow, uh, Friday night in Baltimore. And uh, it appears that you you and him said the same thing. J.J. Rattering would be the better choice over Shane Boyd. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way they both play. And you say that you compared... Ratterink's play to Shane Carden, and I kind of can't agree with you on that based on what I know about Ratterink. Both of them played in the China Arena Football League, and when I think of the, both of them, I think of them as the same. I believe that Shane Carden played in the CFL. I, I'm pretty sure on that, but anyway. I can remember watching those games at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and seeing the same type of style, playing style for both players. So I'm with you both there. I'm starting... J.J. Ratterink over Shane Boyd because Shane Boyd was so bad he got he started one game and got benched the week the next week and he started week one benched week two. Absolutely, and what I saw out of Carden and what I've seen out of Ratterink, I've seen going back to his barnstormer days. Now, granted, he may have lost a half step in those few years, but he can still run around and move the pocket. With Boyd, still tentative, still somewhat statuesque, and still playing like a backup quarterback. I mean, let's face it, if you're benched in favor of a uh, 
Tanner Marsh. <laughs> that no disrespect to Marsh, but that's still saying something. Yeah, it sure is. So we're all in agreements here that Shane Radwick should start. It probably will be Shane Boyd because he's played more this season than Radwick has, but we'll see. Baltimore, Valor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, MonumentalSportsNetwork.com. Oh, one! I actually, this is very interesting. Kind of funny in a way. I wanted to compare this to the Lion King in a way. Now that Shane card season's over, the Valor have a better chance of winning. And this is kind of like moving from Mufasa as the king to having Scar as the king. <laughs> Things are just not going to go well for Baltimore. I believe either way, even if they do start rattling guys or something, Baltimore is going to have a good game to, on Friday night in Baltimore against the Valor. And it's kind of like, like I just said, Mufasa being king would be Shane Carden starting. They do well. But instead, they have Scar as their king. Things are just not going to go as well as they hope. And the funny thing is, when we're looking at sample size and what we've seen from these two teams, we have quite a bit. I just go back and look at a Hail Mary costing me a steak dinner. <laughs> and in and, and total, total in that game, there were 64 points between the two of them. And we've just seen two teams, one hang 70, one get nah, right up to the doorstep of 70. I think this is going to be another one of those games. So... We might see another 5, 8, 10, 12-minute scoring drought in this one. So, uh, get your seats and plan your trips to the concession stand accordingly. <laughs> I hope Royal Farms Arena has some good food. <laughs> uh, I really hope it's not. I hope you're wrong on that. Just like you were wrong on the Valor. And I did agree with you that the Valor would lose every game. Unfortunately, the Hail Marys sometimes are successful, and that ruins plans for everybody. But I'm hoping it's not a 12-minute drought like you're saying, because that would not be exciting at all to watch at all. And, yeah, it would not be a good time for people at the Royal Farms Arena watching this game. But there is one thing that I feel, and I really don't think it's going to happen either way, there's one thing that the Baltimore Brigade must do to win this game against Washington. Reggie Gray needs to have the game of his life. He is the team now. Shane Carter's gone. He is the man in Baltimore. If he does not do well, that's it. Game over. You're absolutely right. And if I'm the Valor defense, I go old school. There's a bit of a story. Great Hall of Fame coach Vince Lombardi. The 1960 championship game, Packers-Eagles-Franklin Field. He went up to the chalkboard in a pregame strategy. He just wrote the number 60 for Hall of Fame late great Chuck Bednarik, two-way player. He just wrote his number. And then he wrote an X through it. Did that again. Did that again. Did that again. About 15 to 20 times to send the message. If I'm Washington, 
I do the same thing. I write up the number one. X. 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 Send the message that we have to lock him down because he's the guy. Whoever's throwing to the other receivers, make them beat you. That's your best chance to win. Okay, so final thoughts on the this final Beltway Smackdown matchup of the year. Uh, the game isn't going to live up to the mystique of the pregame. Whoever wins, and I honestly can't pick a winner in this one, it's gonna be ugly. I'm with you there. Brigade Valor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, at the Royal Farms Arena, downtown Baltimore. You can watch the game on, I believe it's also on Facebook Live for the Arena Football League, and on MonumentSportsNetwork.com. So now we flip over to the, what I'm presuming to be the Readable 30 preview, Soul Storm. And unfortunately, I'm looking back at the last time these two teams met. It's not going to like the other game. Like you believe it's not going to be the other game. Not going to be as pretty. I believe that the Soul will once again take care of business against the Tampa Bay, just like they did in the last game, and pretty much like they did in the Week 2 meeting as well. Now, I'm giving the Storm a little bit of a fight, mainly because they've had the week off. Mainly because they've had two weeks to prepare. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think it's going to be ugly. I think this one is going to be bland. If everything goes according to the chalk, which I believe it should, these two teams are going to meet up again in about three weeks' time. Oh, yeah. How much are they really going to show each other, knowing that that potential is out there? Especially the fact that they're going to be meeting again in Philadelphia. The Soul are going to take care of business, and I've floated this before. Were the Soul going to rest their starters? At this point, I think I wouldn't rest them entirely. I would right. give them maybe a half or so and then bring some backups in, get them some reps because everything's locked up. And honestly, if I'm the Storm, I do the same. They've got the two seeds sewn up. This game is really irrelevant, unfortunately. So you're not going to see a whole lot of big plays and... I really think once Joe Hills, he gets that touchdown grab and extends his streak, his night's going to be done. Yeah, if I'm the soul, I'm not starting my guys the whole game. Just like you said, they're, everything's locked up. They got the one seed. They got the home field advantage. What else do they need to prove? That they could sweep the storm? It doesn't matter if they do or not. They finish with three losses, big or two losses it would be. It doesn't matter. So I would I would start them for three quarters, and if it, or if it's a blowout at halftime, then rest them at halftime. If it's not it's a close game at halftime, rest them after three, whatever the case may be. But I'm with you. At some point, Clint Odell needs to rest all of his starters in this game against Tampa Bay. And there is one thing I taking away from the other two games. There is only one thing really different 
if I'm not mistaken, in this game than there is from the other two meetings with the two teams. The Storm had a week off. They had time to practice for the Soul, to get ready for them. That, even, even that, I don't think, will make a difference. No, because Philadelphia has shown their talent. Now, Tampa Bay's defense, it's not 100% the healthiest. Now, granted, neither is Philadelphia's, but they've shown, without key guys like Cortez Stubbs, they can be pretty underwhelming. And you can't afford to be underwhelming against this Philadelphia team. Especially if they, to rest their guys after halftime, they're going to want to get off to another fast start. It could wouldn't be as dramatic as uh, we saw this week. But still, 21-7, 35-14, something along those lines, they can just go ahead and pack it in. And if that's what they decide they want to do, that's how Dolzo wants to play it, how can you really stop it? Yeah, I mean, and it's funny, because I think it was Clint Dolzell as the Nick Saban, or the Bill Belichick of the Arena Football League. Bill Belichick is the one that, doesn't believe on resting his starters, so maybe Clint Ozell thinks like him and thinks, well, I want to rest him. If, I, if we're beating the storm, I want to beat him down until the end. So maybe he won't rest him, but it would be smart to rest him in case, uh, knock on wood, in case one of the major key players get injured, especially somebody like Dan Radaval. Knock on wood again. Yeah, you can't afford to lose the Red Rocket if you're the soul. Not now. Now, it would create kind of a tricky situation because you have a bye week after the semifinal, but that's why you can play them, just not the whole game. Then you go into that semifinal still with rhythm, still at home, especially since you're playing on a Saturday again, and then you sit back following Monday, which I find is another quirk in the schedule, you see how Tampa Bay does, and then you have a whole 12 days to sit at home, prepare to win yourself another championship. Okay, so uh, final question here, final topic of the night. Brigade and the Gladiators are fighting for the 3-4 seed. I'm going to start by talking about this. I would rather the Gladiators get the three seed because, like I said, my bias wants me to go to Jersey for the Arena Bowl to go from Jersey to Philadelphia for the Arena Bowl, what have you. So I would want Cleveland to go to Tampa because Baltimore would be a better matchup for the Soul, be easier to win for them. But I do have a feeling that Baltimore will head to Tampa and, and Cleveland will head to Philadelphia for the playoffs. How do you feel? How do you see this playing out? I see Baltimore winning because simply because they're at home. Because I think when they lost against Washington, that was at the Verizon Center. So they win. They get the three seed. I see Cleveland scaring Philadelphia. Very much. But I see the soul winning because. With everything that's good with Cleveland, with how well they're played to close the regular season, and the fact that they are on a bye, 
huge benefit for them. Look at their history in the playoffs. It could be primed to where they could pull off an upset, but this is a team that struggles to get ready in these elimination situations. I think that struggle will be evident, not early, but come the fourth quarter, they just crumble. Philadelphia goes on, Tampa Bay, they dispatch Baltimore, they've seen Shane Boyd already with this in this season with Cleveland, they know how to game plan against him, they can deal with Ratterink, so my prediction from the beginning of this season will be right, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, it'll just be in a different city. All right, I want to stop you right there, Eric, because that is topic for our week of Arena Bowl 30, Road to Arena Bowl 30, starting August 21st. We will record a whole week, four episodes leading up to the game. And then, only then, I, I will ask you for your Arena Bowl 30 champion. But until then, we are done here for the night because there's NFL football on for the first time since Super Bowl 41, and I want to go watch it. So... I want to thank Chase Chris for joining us here in the This Week in AFL. Actually, this week I want to thank you, Eric, for producing this podcast because Sean has other obligations. So props to you for recording this podcast as well as being my co-host all season long. It's been fun. We still have a couple shows left. I am Stephen Err. Enjoy the final week of the Arena Football League regular season. And when we come back next week, we will have our playoff matchups. And we'll be ready to talk about them. Until then, we'll see you later, everybody. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.